0: Jeremy Yannuzelli, uh, how are you, mate?
1: Very well, Jordan. You got that last name spot right. on, mate.
0: <laughs> Took me a couple, couple of runs to get there, mate, but we got there in the end. Uh, everything good in your world?
1: Yeah, mate, everyone's good. It's post uh, you know, post-apocalypse that we had in 2020-2021. World starting to um to kind of move on with things. And there's yes, there's disruption around the world and Petrol prices going through the roof, but uh, other than that, you know, th- people are still investing and lots of opportunities out there in the world.
0: Mate, you got your own uh, little apocalypse coming with that three-month-old at home. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. I've <laughs> been very blessed so far and touch wood. Uh, it doesn't cry, so we're very lucky for the time being.
0: Yeah, nah, it's, uh, it's, it's good fun. Mine's uh, 15 or 16 months now, but, yeah, she's, she's a breeze and she's a bunch of fun, so n- enjoy the ride. Yeah. Um, but we're here to talk about property, mate. So I guess, given the experience that you do, and for some of the listeners that don't know Jeremy, um, you know, he's, he's been in this space for quite a while. He works with a lot of investors and spies agents and um, lots of the, my friends and probably people you've heard on the podcast beforehand. Um, and so he's got such a good grasp and knowledge and manages quite an extensive portfolio himself, if I'm I'm not wrong. So. Um, if if you well and is also an accountant, so if you wanted some insights into some numbers and how things work and everything else, like Jeremy's the, the guy to talk to. But I suppose through all that experience, Jeremy, is that um, what what would you feel would be you know your own sort of personal philosophy on building out a, a portfolio?
1: Yeah, so I think the main thing to consider is everyone, and I always have it every day. It's just taking action. Um, I see so many armchair investors who know so much about property, um, but you really look into their portfolio and there's maybe one or two properties that they do own. Uh, And I think sometimes you've got to go through the ups and downs and feel all the pinches and pains that property provides you before you can really start to grasp the fact of, you know, how to take that level, how to take that next step and build your property investment to the next level. So my philosophy has always been is that I get my hands into it um, and there are mistakes that I do made, do make and there are mistakes I have made, um, but I believe that there's always a, a solution to every problem and, um, and you've got to keep moving. The momentum is so important. I see so many people who have a really good burst and, and a spurt and may buy one, two or three properties and then they kind of go missing. And the, I suppose the hard work in property investment comes back to philosophy as well as momentum. Know keeping that that uh, that portfolio building even if it's one property every two years, I'd much prefer to have a portfolio building that at that pace, than have a portfolio building at three properties and then never touching it for ten years after that. So you know, test yourself and uh, and ensure that you're constantly learning along the journey is probably. Another thing that I, you know, try to tell myself every day is that I haven't stopped becoming an, a, a student to the property investment world. There's always much more to learn, and I'm testing my ability. Um, so again, another philosophy I go through is test yourself. Uh, there's properties now that I'm starting to develop and subdivide, and and do much more bigger things in that space. And and again, it's all part of testing myself and becoming a far better investor and also far better professional from it as well.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that education piece is so important, especially as things change. And I guess being in the space that you were in, you'd see how much of an impact some of those minor changes might make to a, a portfolio as well. I suppose through that education journey and sort of learning a, along the way, if you had the opportunity to go back and talk to yourself when you first started building out your portfolio, what would you what would you tell yourself?
1: The biggest thing that I, uh, the biggest lesson I've definitely learned and the biggest lesson I try to teach uh, clients all the time is quality over quantity. Um, I see so many people get stuck uh, on on the number of properties that you own as opposed to the quality of properties that you own. Um, so for me, that's quite important. You know, I'd much rather have four or five absolutely top quality properties uh, than say 150000 fifty thousand dollar middle of Burke or the middle of Broken Hill properties that yes, have a gross yield of 10%. But by the time you net them, the net yields probably sitting around about that one or one and a half percent after costs. Uh, and there's many clients that, um, that I've seen in the past who went and bought units, $60,000 units, believe it or not. And uh, the rental yields on them are 14%. But by the time you took into account $8,000 strata fees, $1,500 insurance, management fees for the property manager was about $1,500 because it's sitting at 13 14%. Council rates, two grand, water rates, 1000 bucks. By the time you paid these properties off, you actually were negative. And it just baffled me to see that people would buy a property, even with it 100% being fully paid off, it would still actually have a negative net yield. So again, that was purely purchases that people made from a quantity point of view just to say that I've went from property number nine to property number 13 in the space of two months, as opposed to a quality point of view, where if they did buy back in Sydney during the time they bought those properties, say in the northern parts of Queensland, they would have made about half a million to $600,000 on the same amount of capital outlay. Uh, and I I, you know, have that lesson as well. I went and bought uh, in the earlier days a, a couple townhouses. Why? Because they will dirt cheap. And I was, I was so focused on the number of properties as opposed to the quality of properties. And I missed out on so many good opportunities, um, especially my own backyard where I've been investing for a number of years in the southwest, southwestern suburbs, that with the same amount of capital I used to buy these townhouses, I could have bought a house. And the difference of capital growth would have been in the millions with what I've spent on a couple of those properties. So that was my lesson. Um, and that was what I'd go back and tell myself was, Jeremy, forget about the number of properties because you know it's great to tell your friends at a barbecue, but it has no substance. It's all about the quality of properties. And that's been my journey over the last probably eight years is that I've really transformed my portfolio to have many quality properties. And I'm talking properties with water views, beach views, properties with substantial development potential. And we're talking units um, or townhouses, Um, And properties in very affluent areas that are uh, highly desired by principal place of residency owners um, with substantial uplift in any inflationary environment as well.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you're spot on. And you touched on a a fair few um, really good points there. Um, I I think it all kind of feeds into a bit of the next question around, you know, what would you change about your portfolio or some of the mistakes that you made, which you've already highlighted, but did you Mm. take, did you take like initial action on those mistakes and, get into something else? Or do you still hold them today? Like what's, what did that process look like? Yeah.
1: So my my 2021 was a, probably one of my biggest years ever in property. Um, So I sold seven properties in 2021 at the same time of selling those seven, I bought five. So that was the most amount of transactions that I've ever had in my property journey. Normally it's been maybe one or two every year or one, Or two every two years Um, but i've never done a transaction where i've sold seven and bought five and for me that was kind of cleaning out a lot of the properties that i i probably shouldn't have bought Um, and i don't regret buying them because there was some growth that i made but there was a lot of opportunity that i lost on holding those properties so for me i waited for the markets to rebound um, and they rebounded quite strongly as we all know that 2021 did and I quickly uh, put them onto the market. I was able to use a lot of that after-tax profit that I made from the capital gain uh, in those properties, and then really filter them into some really top quality properties, uh, things with development potential, uh, overlooking you know, beautiful beach suburbs, water, and you know really transforming the portfolio to make sure that when the, when the next cycle comes around, I'm in a much better uh, position to really capture all that opportunity and that capital growth, because property market works in cycles, there will be peaks and troughs. And it's a matter of, you know, restructuring yourself uh, to be ready for that next peak when it does come and come strong.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a great way to put it. And it's kind of, thanks for answering that because it's such a hard thing to do, right? Like if I think about a lot of the clients that we work with and like my own personal portfolio, it's, you kind of start with these kind of like stepping stone properties. Now, sure you're not always going to be able to get sort of like ocean views straight off the bat. And sure, you may make a few mistakes along the way, which you want to offload, which is what you did in 2021. Um, but I do think that there needs to be this kind of like recalibration as you did of like, you know, either selling some of those stepping stone properties or some of those dud properties and then readjusting into, um, you know, those, those better A grade investment quality assets that do have, you know, a bigger land component with, it, with you know, underpinning land that, has those values of beach views or being close to a city or whatever it might be that you're sort of um, feeling there. And it's just such a hard call to make because you've got these transaction costs and it's kind of like you've got so much biases towards, um, you know, holding onto these properties like, oh, no, they'll do well in a couple of years or I'll just ride out a little bit more of a cycle. Um, Being an accountant and in the space that you're in, was it a pretty easy decision to make to just say, offload some of these and get into some better ones?
1: Uh, it was always, it's always a hard decision because I really do know the tax implications involved in, in selling and, and obviously there's transaction costs, as you just said. So seeing some of those costs, costs walk out the door, money walk out the door definitely was heart wrenching, no doubt about it. But I knew on the other side, there was a substantial um, gain and, and that's my portfolio evolving and myself evolving as a property investor as well. Um, you know, I, I highly doubt someone like Harry Triggerboff, for instance, the owner of Meriton, who builds thousands of apartments every year, is going out there and buying a townhouse. Um, you know, he's buying land and and trying to get the maximum value, maximum GRV that he can, gross realized value, uh, from that land. You know, with building hundred units. So it was my journey um, as evolving as a property investor. And it just, I look at property as a business and I've got to make sure that my business, my properties are being put in the best position possible for future growth. No one ever knows the maximum value of growth that you're going to get. But for me, uh, with my learning and and understanding of what I was doing, uh, I I feel that I've positioned myself quite well into the future and, and to purchasing other properties in the future as well, which will match my strategy at that time.
0: Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a good time to take advantage of it too. I think you've done well for yourself in getting rid of the duds and um, getting some better quality assets in a strong market. So a um, bit of a win-win-win. Uh, now, mate, this might be a bit of a chicken and an egg one for you because I don't know too much about how uh, you transition into your career and then into the investment space. But what, what did come first? Was it investment properties and then wanting to get into accounting? Or were you in accounting first and then want to build out the portfolio? And how did that sort of,
1: yeah, I was an accountant. Oh, it's a good question. And I have to I tell people my journey all the time. I was an accountant first, wow. uh, accountant first. And what really intrigued me was, uh, you know, post GFC is when I started in the industry. So we're talking 2008. Um, And I saw the good, the bad, the ugly uh, of property investment. So I saw interest rates when I first bought a property was seven and almost three quarter percent post GFC. Uh, I saw clients who locked in three and five year fixed loans at nine percent post GFC. Uh, I saw people absolutely lose everything post GFC. uh, And I saw the other side of it where people made a truckload of money uh, post GFC from buying good quality properties at a time when the market dipped. Uh, So for me, I actually learned from the clients that I was doing the returns for. um, And it intrigued me. It actually intrigued me to see, wow, that person lost a lot of money. That's terrible. But how did it happen? Wow, that person made a lot of money. That's fantastic. Well, how did it happen? You know, each one of us were made from blood and bones. Um, I believe that everybody's intelligent and got a brain. It's just how we execute our decisions. And that intrigued me and that what forced me to buy my first property in 2008, 2009 um, from seeing how people did it, uh, how people made money, how people lost money. And then from there, it just I, I, I kept on educating myself and I really I, I thank a lot of those clients and they probably know who they are if they are watching this. Thank a lot of those clients for giving me a lot of time and, and I was a pest asking them the hard questions, especially the ones that lost money. They were always happy to tell me how and why they lost money. And uh, I made sure that I learned from those those mistakes or learned from their wins. And I was able to implement that early on and and build a a good foundation, which let me leap into many other properties after that. So definitely uh, working as an accountant came first, property portfolio came second, and then the confidence that I generated from owning a property portfolio uh, pushed me in the direction of being able to run my own practice. And for me, I definitely say without that that strong backing of the properties that I had where, you know, if it wasn't working, Jeremy, I could sell a couple properties and still continue my dream. Uh, That gave me the confidence to really give business a good go and I've never looked back from there and and manage now a number of very successful businesses, clients, high net wealth individuals and mums and dads who are climbing the property ladder and doing exceptionally well.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, that that kind of... um... And that's kind of what a lot of guests kind of go through is they either have, and you can kind of look at it the same thing for you, even though you're in the same career path, is they kind of have their day job, quote unquote, then they get into property and then they have the confidence through property that they can sort of start their own business and career. And so even though, you know, you have started your own business, it's still in the same space. It's good that you've you've been able to have that flexibility to do it. And then um, obviously with the sort of mindset that you've got as well with having that sort of property portfolio mindset with the accounting stuck into it. It's it's quite hard to find a, an accountant who's over all of the sorts of things that are in there. So um you're definitely in a good space. Now mate, how might yeah,
1: be the biggest, well the biggest thing I find, Jordan, um, and to be very open is a lot of my clients who who own say two, three or four properties actually find within six to twelve and eighteen months, they're actually running their own businesses. Because it, there's an entrepreneurial mindset that's required to get yourself into that much debt. And, you know, there's a certain amount of confidence you need to have and backing in your own abilities to say, well, I'm going to go out and get four properties. I'm going to put myself into over one and a half million dollars debt. And once you kind of break through that barrier, it's like the world your oyster. And you not that you feel invincible, but you feel that it was a major milestone that you achieved. And, and the next milestone generally is business. So I often find many employees who own, say, three or four properties, generally at that stage will say, you know what, time to get into my own business and really see the fruits of my labour come to fruition.
0: Yeah, That's such a, a great way to put it. For me, it was uh, getting stuck on my borrowing capacity limit. I wasn't going to be earning any more. So I had to create another source of income for myself to free, bu- keep building out the portfolio. But yeah, no, that's actually a really good way of putting it, mate. I, I can sort of see that, that change and that trend happen too. Um, now, I might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but if you had sort of one favorite like property one-liner and I know there's a thousand and one of them out there but if there's something that sort of comes to mind when it comes to property what would it be?
1: My big one is is that how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time so (laughs) that's that's my big favorite property one-liner and I and the bit of background behind it is that lots of people you know I want to buy I want to build a passive income. I want to have $150,000 passive income. I want to have 10 properties. And then all of a sudden they're building up this this huge elephant in their mind. And it's, you know, something that they can't sleep. It's weighing on their shoulders and it all becomes too hard. And then that leads to inaction. So the biggest thing that I tell clients is it's all well and good to have that goal, Uh, but let's not let that goal become too big. and, And the big elephant in the room that we actually don't do anything. So I say to clients, we eat an elephant one bite at a time, and uh, that's how we should approach our property portfolio. You know, anyone who goes out there to buy ten properties in one day—it's it, it, not impossible. It's tough, uh, but definitely not impossible. But most likely for many people, unachievable. So, you know, property building a property portfolio does take time. Building a quality property portfolio takes time. And it's the same way that we eat an elephant, uh, which is one bite at a time. And it comes from an old saying that, you know, a philosopher said to children, how do you eat an elephant? And this asked the same question to people, uh, to adults, how do you eat an elephant? And the adults would come up with some really crazy ways. You know, you could cut it here, cut it there, do this, do that. And a little child said, well, I would eat an elephant one bite at a time. So that's my famous um, and favorite property one-liner. Um, and that's how I approach my property portfolio. I always do things one at a time, and never let my you know ego or my journey get too far in front, so so that it doesn't become attainable
0: yeah i love that mate. and the kids have always got the, the right ideas just take take it back to simplicity and then they'll give you the right answer that's for sure we, we, we come with all sorts of conundrums and things that we try and solve ourselves but it's why we like we like to use professionals like yourself mate um well jeremy thanks for coming on you've been an absolute legend and thanks for being really open and honest about your own portfolio and sharing some of those stories and more stories and everything else that's gone along there. i really appreciate it mate
1: Appreciate it, Jordan. Thanks very much, buddy. Enjoy.
0: All right. I'll talk to you soon.